Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8th, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Flock at me because I had a reputation already of being quick, aggressive, and good. And now I'm being held to, it feels really nice to make good money. But I had also previously, in earlier in my career, had run into good fortune in business, you know? So it's, it's like people are attacking me for the slightest thing. Now to breaking news, federal prosecutors have filed criminal charges against Republican Congressman George Santos. More than being a congressman, I'd love to be Secretary of Treasury Treasury or Secretary of the Interior because I would start auditing every level of government. <laughs> I would have a fight. You would think Deloitte, Deloitte would blush with what I would do. <laughs> KPMG would say, who, who he? Yeah. Because I, I would go balls to the wall. Santos 2024. Let's go. Welcome to Fraudsters, the podcast that gives you the scams you love from the fraudsters we hate. I'm your co-host, Sina Gaznavi, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. This is part two of Anthony George DeVolder, Califragilistic Expiala Santos, and his merry band of frauds. Last week, we covered the history of George Santos, however scant the information was. We gave you our theory on how his mother made him the man he came to be. Today, we're going to talk all about his recent indictment. It's fresh, so I want to talk about it. This guy literally hasn't been in office for like five months. So much has happened. Republican Congressman George Santos of New York is now facing criminal charges. Sources telling CNN's Evan Perez that federal prosecutors have filed charges against the New York freshman and serial liar. He's expected to appear in court as soon as tomorrow. What do you, are you guys excited for this? I'm so excited. You know me. He's my favorite. Yeah. Still, I have not changed my favorite scammer, my favorite fraudster. It's still George DeVolder, Anthony, Anthony Tony Santos. <laughs> well, I think T-shirts that just say Tony Santos. <laughs> but he's Tony. dressed as like Iron Man, like Tony Stark, like Tony <laughs> Santos. <laughs> we can get those made. Those are, the, hey, fans, at Fraudsters LPN, <laughs> Fraudsters LPN at Gmail. Also, join the Discord. I should always plug the Discord. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pets in there and stuff. <laughs> That's yeah. true. So George Santos was indicted in federal court on May 9th, 2023. A copy of the indictment will be in our show notes. And it focuses on a few organizations that Santos was involved in. Would you know it? Most of them turned out to be super scams. Here's the rundown. On the grand jury's indictment in federal court in the Eastern District of New York, 13 counts, seven counts of wire fraud related to a fraudulent political contribution scheme and an unemployment insurance fraud scam. Can't wait to get to that. Three counts of money laundering related to the political contributions. One count of theft of public funds, because if you are employed and you file to get unemployment benefits, the government will find you eventually. In this case... Santos was very easy to find. <laughs> Two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives. Okay, so turns out <laughs> he lied on his financial disclosure forms. So no surprise here, really. What I find interesting, though, is that when you are in government, you can actually scam the public. I don't know if you knew this. Like, honestly, you can, you can legitimately, legally scam the public. You don't even have to cheat, per se. You get insider info every day that you could trade stocks on. Okay, all you have to do is fill out a form that publishes the stocks that you bought. Hell, there are funds that people are running right now that just trade exactly what the elected officials, the politicians are doing anyways. So Nancy Pelosi will make a trade. She publishes it on a form because that's what she has to do. And then these guys 
will go and make the exact same trade. Do you guys know about this? Do you, have you heard about this? No. No. Now, they're a little late because the trades already have, but still, the Congress people are so early that these people are up hundreds of percents sometimes, du- double-digit numbers, just by copying the same trades that these Congress people are making. Now, this is not investment advice, but if you're going to chase chase some money, might as well chase the same money the Congress people are basically – it's cheating. It's insider trading that we make legal, which is absurd. I love it here. <laughs> yeah, this is like with the Supreme Court. Like one great thing about like Trump and like the last probably like four or five years of American history is just finding out how much stuff was just handshake agreements – that now, like, yeah, the people, like, people just had things they wouldn't do, but now they're just doing it because it was never actually illegal. <laughs> like, Trump and Clarence Thomas, you're like, wait, that was legal? You could just yeah. do that? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, there are no rules, actually, the whole time. Well, that was that was what was interesting about Trump when, when he got into office, right? Everyone's like, well, there's certain guardrails that he won't be able to cross when it comes to immigration and foreign, foreign policy. And then you're like, wow, none of those guardrails actually ever existed. Yeah. Those were just invisible lines that no one crossed. But... We digress. How did this indictment happen? I mean, honestly, guys, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Totally. I've got all of Kitara's albums. Uh, Mm -hmm. To really understand how these charges came about, we should work through his political runs from 2019 up to today, which is June of 2023 when we're recording this. So after the death of his mother, he kicks his lazy fraud into hyperdrive. Instead of being a passive fraudster, cashing stolen checks he found and simply not paying his rent, bills, or friends back, he turns to an active fraudster, high finance and politics. Mm. Since his mother is no longer around to be his fraud mentor, he turns to his new mommy, Donald Trump. I feel like uh, he did this to honor the memory of his mother more than anything else. She said, boy. I'm going to raise you right to be a scammer of the highest degree. Because I didn't come to this country to struggle and fight. I did it for you. Someone needs to make this movie. Because it's going to be like all fake. And I, I want like on her deathbed, because of her 9-11 cancer, to be like, <laughs> to say that, that. I want that to be her final words. Like, I, I came here for you. You go out there and you fraud like the best of them. Go meet up with Daddy Donald Trump and he'll teach you everything you need to know. Give him this note. He will know what to do. And then immediately she dies. And that's <laughs> I, that's the movie I want to see on Lifetime. Thank you. It is a big leap that we're saying his mother is a scam artist. So I, I mean, but everything is a leap. Why not? Why can't we make that leap? Yeah, he can make he can make stuff up. So we, why can't we make stuff up? <laughs> it's a free country, damn it. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that she speaks like the wife from Fences. And honestly, is it a crime to say that we think his mom did it? No, we are postulating. We are merely artists in an open platform uh, making uh, yuck-em-ups and uh, theories. I heard that that, that when his dad left, because George Santos was like, Daddy, why don't you like me? And his daddy said, boy, what kind of fool-ass question is that? (laughs) Who said I got to like you? (laughs) I go to work every day. I work hard. Bring the money home, put the food on the table. Then I lay on top of your mama and try to blast the whole into forever. Oh, okay. Uh, it's all I got to give, George Santos. His name was Anthony at the time. Get it correct. Uh, Anthony, Anthony, yeah. Anthony Boulder. Devolder? Devolder? Uh, Santos. <laughs> <laughs> Lovable George Santos with all of his little fairy dust and an alakazam. He would pull rabbit after rabbit out of his stolen hat collection. With magic, the sleight of hand is secretive, right? But the reveal is for the world to see, to be amazed by, and to be applauded. Sure, the show is full of tension, but after it's over, all that remains is the feeling that something miraculous has happened. So, with his magic wand, he changed his life. George Santos wanted to be a New York politician, so poof, he became Jewish to appeal to voters. He was a bit doughy and unathletic, so poof, he was an actual volleyball star. Probably the only sport that no one has ever watched a full game of, except for Brett Favre. 
<laughs> no Ivy Bonafides. Poof. He not only graduated high school, but he graduated from an Ivy prep school called Horace Mann in the Bronx. Oh, you need some charity work in there? Poof. He had his own charity that rescued puppies and that wasn't fake at all. This morning, New York Congressman George Santos now facing an FBI investigation into an alleged charity scam. They talk to you more than they talk to me. I haven't been reached out by them, so I can't comment. <laughs> hey, legend. Pause. <laughs> I just want to watch it again for the walk. He's got like a great <laughs> runway walk that he's got going on. Let's I'm play into- it again. Play play the tape again. Selecta. Run it back. <laughs> this morning, New York Congressman George Santos wow. now facing an right? FBI investigation. You are so right. Alleged charity scam. They talk to you more than <laughs> they talk to me. I haven't been reached out by them, so I can't comment. <laughs> Ariel, that I, is a walk. I'm You're a model. So- so serious when I say I, I might write the George Santos Anthony DeVolder movie. Kind of like how Weird Al did <laughs> like a movie about himself that wasn't real. That is what I will do about George Santos with all the scraps <laughs> we've put together that clearly may, may or may not be true. That is what I want to put in the movie. Yeah. It's I'm incredible. So Just uh, what a guy. But that charity is a puppy charity and we're not going to talk about it today. I know. I'm teasing everyone. Wait, why not? Let's talk about it right now. We're going to talk about it next week. Okay. We have to focus on so much other stuff. Oh, man. It's, it's just like typical for George Santos that we can't talk about the puppy charity. Because he's too busy scamming in so many other areas. I know. I got excited. My bad. <laughs> Congress wasn't his first stop. He got his feet wet with a 2019 run for a state committee position in the Queens County Republican Party. He dropped his campaign after failing to get enough signatures to make the ballot. This was confirmed by the former head of the Queens County Republican Party, a woman named Joanne. I mean, no one put the pronunciation of this last name in there, but it's Areola. It sure is. No, it, it looks like it's I don't know how else you could say it. Areola? Areola? I'm trying to be an adult. Round out. Round it out. <laughs> Areola? Areola. Joanne Areola. Still bad. Still, Still areola. Still areola. So he hopped over to Nassau County after he got that nasty letter from Areola uh, and immediately ran for Congress. Can't get signatures for a dumb job. Why not just run for Congress? <laughs> Congress. In 2020, he runs for the 3rd District of New York as George DeVolder Santos, with the hyphen between DeVolder and Santos, by the way. I love that. I don't think I've, I didn't pick up on that until recently. Like a Rancha Sanchez Vicario. There we go. Wow, what a deep '90s tennis reference. I love that, <laughs> yeah. Justin. I was yeah. thinking Gordon Baker Bone, but whoa, <laughs> GBB, friend of the pod, friend, friend, friend of the, of the pod. pod. <laughs> Just after he started his uh, uh, election in mid January of 2020, he also started working at a Florida-based investment firm, Harbor City Capital. His title regional director and the ceo was this guy jp maroney okay so harbor city is going to come up a couple times and i want everyone to just remember who harbor city is and jp maroney is so here's jp maroney in his own words on how harbor city works i was watching a tv show one night and i think it was cnbc or somewhere and they were featuring interviews with some hedge fund managers and private equity fund managers And one of those managers made a statement that really resonated with me. He said, a lot of people think that we just invest in securities. We buy stock or maybe real estate or something like that. He said, but we'll actually put money into anything that we think we can get an ROI from. So he said, some of us will invest money in racehorses. Some of us will invest money in classic cars. Some of us will invest in art. All we're looking for is when we put a dollar in, We want to get a dollar plus something back out. We want that return on our investment. And so later that night, I was actually out walking the dog after I watched this TV show. And I was thinking about the return on investment that we get in the digital space, basically buying leads or generating leads online. We'll buy traffic or advertising online and send people to a page and generate a lead. And a lot of times, the money that we make off of that lead can be a two-to-one, three-to-one, five-to-one ratio on those dollars. And so I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool 
if you could take the money that you're able to make, the return that you're able to make on digital advertising or generating leads online and combine that with the power of an investment <laughs> fund, well, you would have something really powerful. Then you would be able to go out and buy every single click or every eyeball related to that particular offer. And that's really where the idea came from. Okay, wait, wait. So, this, do we all track how absurd this is? We go from art, classic cars, mm-hmm. horses, all things that generate money that are physical things that are of value to we buy traffic and leads online that could come mm-hmm. from anywhere. Yeah, traffic is not something that could be easily faked at all, right? There's no such thing as bots that, you know, do oh. traffic to sites or you could probably or fake traffic. Fake, fake followers and or, <laughs> that's or just, saying. it's like it's like a like insanely easy model. Or oh, just okay. sending a spreadsheet <laughs> like, of fake information. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Have you not watched Succession? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and like if you look at the ads for Harbor City when they were, you know, operating, they would claim a low risk, high reward investment opportunity. That's no red flag there, right? Uh, and the returns they promise, 1% to 5%. Reasonable. Per month! Lit. 1% to 5% per year, maybe. 1% to 5% per month? No, sorry. Get buddy. me in there. Get, yeah. Well, it's Can like, I still do it? Did they shut that's this my, down? That was the NFT pitch for me. 1% to 5% oh, per yeah. month? Per month? Oh, I'm that's in. That's a cute little increase. How many apes? I get some apes. Like, for <laughs> reference, that's like, that's like outperforming the entire S&P 500 yes. by, like... Yeah. One to five percent per month? Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want that. Even Warren Buffett is like, I want to know your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird though. He starts running for Congress and he starts this new job. It's strange. He's a hustler. He is. You're right. It's not strange. He's a hustler, Cena. Uh, you know what? I should correct myself. He's doing it for his mother. <laughs> Mama! <laughs> and it's early 2020. The pandemic is on. And what are a lot of people doing at this time, guys? Making bread. <laughs> that's yeah. so, that's true. I made pizza crust. Me too. Uh, you uh, made pizza? M- moving to a remote part of the Hudson River Valley in a way that's not going to be a mistake. <laughs> Over overpaying for a rural home in upstate yeah. New York, and, and making so, bread there, and thinking that they're gonna not ever be called back to their office in Manhattan, <laughs> two yeah. and a half hours away. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everything will be fine. That's uh, so funny. They're applying for unemployment, right? Millions of people got unemployment at this time. Oh yeah, because they weren't working, right? You know who else got unemployment at this time? <laughs> Uh, is it my man, Georgie S? <laughs> George Santos running for Congress with a job in Florida. He applies for unemployment benefits in New York State. <laughs> he's, a, he's a literal welfare queen. <laughs> <laughs> this is obviously yes! illegal and a theft of public funds and one of the charges in the indictment. This is like... <laughs> <laughs> ODB is like reaching out of his grave and just giving a thumbs up to George Santos right now. I love the Republican Party. It's so great. It's like this is everything that they said is minorities. Yeah. It's just like it's like these immigrants are going to come here and collect welfare and all this other stuff. And now it's just like that's he just runs for Congress. He is a minority, though. He's Jewish. Yeah, he's Jewish. Georgie S. Baby. And the S is for scammer. So he applies in June of 2020, saying that he was unemployed since the week of March 22nd, 2020, like the right after the lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. immediate. You've got to be kidding me. All right, let's we have another we have a clip here from MSNBC with George Santos talking about collecting unemployment. So the way I look at it is they're not understanding. If they the question is simple. George, why was your income 55000 in 2020, and why is your income drastically higher? Well, here's the answer to that. I have, We struck a deal with the company, so nobody went unemployed and got reduced to like a very basic salary, just so we, as we called it, livable wages in the company, um, so we can get by. So, long story short, I went from 2019 bringing in 400 and 
something thousand dollars to yeah in 2020 my reported income was 55k it was I couldn't be more legitimate I actually qualified for unemployment <laughs> couldn't be more legitimate that's how he was discussing it on tape the feds disagree note he did not qualify for it. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, uh, p.s no that is not how on him on the un part of the employment i think is the operative aspect of the word right yeah and so here's and it's only somebody that's trying to hang out in expensive parts of new york that could pass off fifty five thousand dollars a year as being unemployed yeah his unemployment claims continued through april of 2021 so he had to certify that weekly all the while he's collecting direct deposits to a, to his personal bank account in the sum of $120,000 per year how <laughs> much did new york give him only $25,000 which is like 20% of that 120 almost right but that's not a ton of money but it doesn't seem like it's worth the risk i don't know what do you guys think if you're used to lying and stealing and getting away with it to this level you just start do you just start doing it there's no there's no cost benefit analysis at this yeah, point. No. He's a compulsive right. so criminal. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. I'll take a little 20% off the top. Cool. Great. Yeah. And what else? And what else? And what else? So true. This is the kind of guy that the mafia, like if he was in the mafia, they would uh they would pull him aside and they'd be <laughs> like, "Stop like murdering so much." Because you're <laughs> ruining the whole like skim operation that we have. Like they'd be like, "You're you're so pathologically criminal that you're endangering the, the larger criminal Listen, enterprise. I know you I know you're my sister's kid, all right? Make sure my nephew. <laughs> yeah. But we can't have this. He is Christopher, trying to skim a little off the top. Yeah. To hey, get noticed. Got your own thing going? <laughs> yeah, you got your own thing going. <laughs> That's Look, him. There's no long-term like thinking here. It's like yeah. if you're already a millionaire off of like a HUD scam, it's like don't sell ecstasy out of the truck of your car. Yeah. Man. Ariel, you mentioned earlier he's a hustler. Yes. Never stop, never stopping. From January 2020 to May of 2020, he started hosting a show in Long Island called Talking GOP on cable <laughs> access. I love it Again, so much. this Long is how Island much cable to, access. <laughs> this is how much we have to cover today, guys. I'm only gonna drop one clip <sighs> and we're gonna come back next oh. week for more talking GOP. Again, too much to cover. Let's play this, this one man, clip of Talking GOP. What a tease. This man energizes me. I will watch hours of Long Island public access television. Look at him. I will do that as a separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. We're here with one more edition of Talking GOP. I'm your host, George Santos. Today we have a packed duo powerhouse uh, for interview. We're going to be interviewing John Cummings running for New York's 14th congressional oh. district against AOC. This is like and watching a bad open mic. We have Joe Murray, who was a previous candidate for the special election for Queensboro district attorney and unfortunately lost to Melinda Katz, the outgoing borough president, who has now toppled the city in chaos with bail reform. So let's get to it, Joe. <laughs> Toppled the city in chaos. I like, how, I like how New York conservatives always try to make New York City sound like, uh, you Wild know, like, like like Bane just like let the jails out. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my I'm just, God. I just want us to talk about the glow up. Okay. Yeah. From rags to riches. This is this was him like coming up. He's still a little thick, you know. His skin looks good, but not as tight as it looks now. Now he's got the glasses. He's got he maybe has a stylist. He's taken that extra twenty percent that he made over COVID and used that towards his good looks. So he Cezia, reinvested it himself. Exactly. So you see yeah. why it's important to to cut a little off the top. <laughs> if Jonah Hill doesn't play this guy in a biopic, then like, That's who I'm okay, that's yeah. what I'm Oh no. Yeah. He looks like Jonah Hill, Wolf of Wall Street. It, yeah, yeah. No, I'm okay. So Jonah Hill is my front runner for, for, <laughs> for, for casting. George DeVolder Santos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if someone pitched it to him, he'd be like, I'm so offended. That's not me. I don't play those parts anymore. And I'd be like, okay, then I'll use a different name and say it's not you. <laughs> say, why couldn't they find an authentic Asian actor to portray my experience? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Any minute now, he will be Asian. So we have to watch out. Yeah. 
In May of 2020, Santos filed two House disclosure forms in which he allegedly falsely certified that during the reporting period, so when you're running for Congress, before the election actually happens, you have to submit some disclosure forms. He said that he only earned income that consisted of a salary commission and and bonuses totaling $55,000, which we heard earlier, from another company, Linkbridge, and that the only compensation exceeding $5,000 he received from a single source was an unspecified commission bonus from Linkbridge. Okay, so that's all he said he made. In actuality, of course, Santos allegedly overstated the income he received from Linkbridge and altogether failed to disclose the salary he received from Harbor City Capital. Now this false statement is in the indictment, but at the time, no one really cares to investigate this thing because he ends up losing in 2020. The incumbent, Tom Swazi, wins, but Santos convinces over 43% of the district to vote for him. Guys, that's nearly 162,000 people that voted for him. That's my guy. Do you think the cable access show worked? Did you think that's why? Yeah, he looked uh, hot. That was not. There are four people watching that show. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody watching cable access. It's all like people with like real issues usually on public access. I was going to say he was better off doing like a YouTube series. Yeah, more people will be watching if it's YouTube. Yeah. You ever watch that? Remember views. Spirit of Truth? Where no. he was the guy who would play rap music and he would uh, he would read parts of the Bible and then he would just yell at callers. That's that's public <laughs> access television. Now I want to watch that. Yeah, that sounds incredible. You've seen it. Remember where he's always like, <laughs> they'll always be like, because he's like, I'm God. And they'll be like, you're not God. And they'll be like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I got to watch it. Now yeah, I got to watch it. Yeah. You have a spirit of truth. Like all of them are good. I, it, it was like, it was definitely like California public access television from like the, like <laughs> mid to late nineties. Incredible. We got to get into this. But he wasn't going to take this loss lying down. The 2020 loss coincided with the quote, stolen election of Donald Trump. The one thing we've seen from all these fraudsters, as we know on the show, is that they really don't quit. It's the best thing that we could say about them. So they don't feel shame or have any self-awareness. So that means they can just keep on rolling. Now, how did he garner all that support? Well, Long Island is a quaint little enclave of Trump supporters with pickup trucks and fine vineyards. And Santos went deep into the far right ring of the party. In fact, somehow he got to speak at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th, but like the rest of the real instigators, declined to storm the Capitol himself. He clearly did not want to be associated with poorly dressed domestic terrorists. He also claimed that in addition to Donald Trump's votes, some of his votes had also been stolen or destroyed. We have a little bit of a clip of him speaking at the Stop the Steal rally. My name's George Santos. I'm from New York City. Who here's from New York? A lot of you. If you're from New York, you know what they did to me. They did to me what they did to Donald J. Trump. They stole my election. I came down to new higher orientation, to new member, excuse me. Who here is not going to comply? We oh are my. here. Behave. Yeah. They get one thing. They serve us. Right. Four more years. Four more years of American greatness. Four more years of America first. <laughs> Four years of prison for what we're going to do in a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> I like that his accent changed a little bit to be a little more... Um, Bernie Sanders, give you a little yeah. more Jewish. A little bit more. Who's from New York? Right. Where did that come from? It's also like the worst move. It's like, it's great that he understands New York. He doesn't understand like uh, those people. No, yeah, they don't yeah, want to yeah. hear you from New they York. Really they, don't don't, wanna, they do not want to hear who's it, here from who's New York from City. Who's from New York? That everyone boos. <laughs> yeah. like, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I got a mind to take a strap to you. You ask me a question like that. <laughs> You don't ask a man a question like that. <laughs> Who's here from New York City? I like my salsa. Uh, now I like remember my that? salsa verde. <laughs> <laughs> I come from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I'll beat the black off you, boy. 
Yeah, but I'm Jewish. <laughs> well, remember, so this is now 2021. The January 6th stuff happens. And remember how I mentioned that he got that job with J.P. Moroni and Harbor City? Regional director. I mean, he needed to show that he could do finance. If you're running for Congress, you want to be, you know, fiscally conservative. Okay, so this is a tweet from April 15th, 2020. He's working at Harbor City Cap. It's at Devolder. The market instability is leading to severe capital erosion. At Harbor City Cap offers you a strategy that mitigates loss and risk while creating cash flow. Meanwhile, your principal, wrong principal, is 100% secured <laughs> by an SBLC held by various major institutions. Hashtag fixed income, hashtag alternative investment, hashtag win. Mm. And then there's only one like and one comment from someone that says, George, this SBLC I received from Harbor City was looked into. And Deutsche Bank claims is a complete fraud and not signed by the bank officer on the document. How do you explain this? And then it's later he waits months to respond in June of 2020. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not following you. Could you please send me an email at georgedevalder at harborcity.com and we can go over this together. Our SBLC is 100% legitimate and issued by their institution. I look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> Deutsche Bank funneled money for cartels and like ran coverage for Trump. <laughs> it's like when they call you a fraud, it's a problem. They're like, we want nothing to do with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only mess with respectable fraudsters. And so... Meanwhile, by the way, he's collecting unemployment while he's tweeting about having this a job. <laughs> yeah. fucking having job. a finance job. Posting his work email. Yeah. A year later, just when he's got the wind at his back, you know, he's doing all these things. The SEC drops an emergency order for Harbor City Capital and its CEO, John P. Maroney, to stop operations for being a say it with me, both of you, please. Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme. That fancy fund that doesn't invest in just securities, but businesses that buy traffic to things they care about. Sure, of course, 1% to 5% return every month. Yes, please, give me more. In reality, this $17 million Ponzi scheme went to J.P. Maroney's other projects. If you look at the SEC order, they have like 12 like weird code name LLCs, like the Raptors from Enron, if you remember that from season one. They also went to J.P. Maroney's own expense account, and nearly half a million dollars went to his wife, Tanya. Classic so do you Tanya. think do you think Santos knew this was a Ponzi scheme, guys, or do you think fraudsters just attract to each other like, like magnets? No, everybody knows what a hustle. You know what I mean? Hustlers yeah. come around other hustlers, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he knew, and he was like, Okay, I like this Ponzi scheme. <laughs> I'm about yeah. it. I, I can get paid off this Ponzi scheme and yeah. collect unemployment. I'm down. Yeah. So when we come back, we'll see if George Santos takes that to heart or does he take the high road? Or does he just get high on the road and keep on trucking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back. Well, what can I tell you? When the SEC dropped that order, it didn't make Santos really distance himself from Harbor City Capital. In fact, in May of 2021, he forms Red Strategies USA. This is important. A supposed 501c4 organization that he would use to fundraise for political causes. Who ran that? Some executives from Harbor City Capital and the DeVolder organization, Santos Vanity LLC, that was based in New York, but registered in Florida. Hmm. <laughs> Despite the SEC order calling the company he worked for a Ponzi scheme, he officially announces that he's running for office in June of 2021 for the 2022 election. It's a little early, but the early fraudster steals the worm out of the baby's mouth, as the saying goes. Yeah. He immediately... <laughs> He immediately starts spending that sweet cash and gets a huge bump from an endorsement in August of 2021. 
hotshot millennial New York Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Stefanik was the youngest woman ever elected to national office and is already the third highest ranking Republican. Here's a quick clip from Stefanik, if you're not familiar with her. As the representative for New York's 21st Congressional District, I am proud to represent thousands of brave law enforcement officers who put their lives on the line to protect our upstate New York and North Country communities every day, 24-7. And I am always proud to back the blue. The Republican Party is the party of law and order. And this week, we will consider <laughs> several bills supporting our local law enforcement. Great. Thanks. Wow, gatekeep girl boss. We love it. <laughs> well, she's a she's a pretty good person to know. And thanks to this high level endorsement, Santos's campaign started raking in donation. And as we've learned from Fraudsters past, fundraising is the most important part of getting into into and staying in office. What also helped was that his Democratic opponent never looked into anything on his resume. I mean, who looks at a resume anymore? Justin, did do people look at your resume? Yeah, my resume is like uh, thoroughly looked over, actually. So, but, but we don't have like, uh, yeah, it's a little different for George Santos. If I, you know what, they wouldn't look me over if I was running as a black uh, Republican these days. If I, if absolutely I were, not. Yeah, if yeah, I, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If I were just saying like whatever they wanted to hear, they wouldn't look at my. Oh stuff. Yeah, yeah. But no, but since I'm attempting to be like a legitimate member of society, I'm actually like uh, poured over quite a bit. I hate that for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. It's good. You should know what you're getting. So here's where he jumps headfirst into a future indictment. With his newfound popularity, he wanted to mine these donors for as much as possible. He gave one of his employees the names and contact information of donors he knew and told them what to say. That their donations were going to a 501c4 nonprofit in an effort to help his campaign buy media ads. So money from donors goes to a nonprofit for the purpose of buying ads for a political candidate, but it doesn't go directly to the candidate. Honestly, only in America is that logic of campaign finance supposed to work. In this case, it just went to Santos and his buddies. The emails that were revealed in the indictment that were sent from Redstone Strategies to the donors said things like, quote, Raise another $700,000 to reach our goal of $1.5 million to invest in George Santos's race to compete with the money, quote, independently raised for Santos's opponent. The equivalent of the money they don't want you to know about. You remember our boy Kevin Trudeau. In another email, they said that Redstone was made just for George Santos's campaign. In reality, they also helped fundraise for Tina Forte, a candidate that ran against Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on a Stop Socialism platform. I don't know about you guys, but I'm shaking in my boots. Socialism is going to get me. I saw like oh, the great. idea of stopping socialism in like New York, the New York City area, which is like precisely the reason why it's both livable and an attractive place to be is the fact that you have like a robust welfare state that like Yeah provides some level of economic parity and like a subway system that moves people around for 275 a swipe and public education that's affordable in the rest of the country. And then also all those back in the blue, that's also socialism. You know, all those, yeah. All those cop yeah. salaries. Those government salaries. And also let's not forget capitalism makes New York the center of wealth for the universe, basically. I don't yeah. understand what, what the problem is there. I don't know. When they were doing these fundraising emails, though, they kept saying that there was no campaign contribution limit because they were this 501c4 organization and the funds were not going directly to a candidate. So that's the big thing here, right? You have these like political welfare kind of organizations that are nonprofits. You give money to them and it gets around a lot of the campaign finance laws because people with their ability to have free speech should back an issue. But in this case, it is... <laughs> It's partially true. There is no limit, but it's because the donors weren't giving to an actual 501c4. They were just giving to a fucking company, like a fucking lemonade stand. There was no rules. They, they never registered the company as a 501c4. Literally a lemonade stand. I with, did not see that coming. <laughs> at I all. This, I thought this was going to be a buy the book, you know, Yeah, non I thought this was going to be a regular nonprofit. You, re you guys, yeah? Hmm, hmm. God damn. I'm going to make the tension more. <laughs> so what did he do with all this money, though? Money was pouring in. Backed by Stefanik, so it wasn't hard to get. 
during the campaign, he spent like he was in a reboot of Brewster's Millions. <laughs> he bought Brooks, by the way, incredible movie. I've heard of it. I was just going to ask Ariel started nodding her head. My great, great grandfather told me about Brewster's millions. She started nodding her head like, oh, they Mm -hmm. said another thing Mm -hmm. that is a reference that Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to act like I know it. Yeah. Uh, No, I've heard tale of the Brewster's millions. So he bought Brooks Brothers clothes for his staff, spent $40,000 on airfare, $30,000 on <laughs> hotels, $14,000 on car services. He spent $11,000 on campaign staff housing, which was actually just his own rent on the apartment he shared with his boyfriend. <laughs> One thing is clear in his financial disclosures, and that is the fact that he knew exactly how much he could spend without having to declare it. This is incredible. If you spend... or more of your campaign money, it's got to be declared. So Santos spent $199.99 many times. (laughs) Of the 4,300 campaigns that filed reports during the 2022 cycle, okay? Okay, ready? There were a total of 62 reported expenses of exactly $199.99. Of those 62, 37 of them belong to Santos. <laughs> That's not so bad. It wasn't all 62. I don't know why we're... I don't know him. why we're we're making yeah. too big of a deal about this. Yeah, you're making a big deal out of this. You're right. And like, who's to say he didn't spend $199.99 37 times by mistake? Well, there was a $600 a night Miami hotel that he got for the low, low price of exactly (laughs) $199.99. Three times? (laughs) Oh, my God. Let me chop it up into eight-hour blocks. (laughs) (laughs) So here's a clip uh, from CBS where correspondent Caitlin Huey Burns looks for Nancy Marks, Santos's campaign treasurer. Hmm, where, where? Where is she? George Santos is distancing himself from his controversial campaign finance filings. I have no clue what you're talking about, ma'am. The New York Republican submitted this amended finance report that now says he did not use his personal funds to loan $500,000 to his campaign, raising questions about where the money came from. Signing off on the new filing. I'm pleased to be here with you today. This is Nancy Marks, Santos's campaign treasurer. Well, she filed all of his reports, which means she should have known whether they were true or false when she filed them as the treasurer. And she had that legal responsibility. Hi, Nancy. My name is Caitlin Huey Burns. I'm a correspondent for CBS News. Marks didn't return our call. So earlier this week, we showed up at a meeting for a oh, Long Island library let's where she go, serves Nancy. as a board member. We found her seat empty and community members also searching for answers. Now she's sitting on a board of trustee with taxpayer dollars. Nancy Marks serves in an unpaid voluntary capacity on this board. She also signed off on Santos's expenses, which revealed an unusual <laughs> spending pattern. 37 charges of $199.99, mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. cent below the threshold that requires an invoice or a receipt. The um, quantity of transactions just under the receipt threshold is uh, unprecedented. After the meeting, <laughs> we tried Nancy Marks one more time at her home, where she oh runs my, her business. Nancy. The lights were on, but no one came to the door. <laughs> Yo, kudos to Caitlin. Not okay. quitting. My new theory. His mom is not dead. His mom is Nancy Marks. Whoa! Mm. Whoa! Yeah, the mom is Nancy Marks, and she's also getting, everyone's getting paid. The, the woman was, like, old enough to be his mother. Yeah. Wow. Or, since they're one and the same person, the reason why she's not answering is because she is dead. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be like, it's like his mom's twin sister. Right, 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 right. There's she that too. The name. Yep. Oh my God, I love this. Yeah, no. You know what? We, if people are allowed to love murderers, you know how people like get obsessed yeah, with murderers and like, yeah. I'm allowed to love George you Sanders. Are. I'm allowed. You. This is your life. I love everything he's got going for him. He's really worked hard to be this fraudulent and this sloppy. 
one ninety nine ninety nine. You couldn't like mix it up and do one ninety nine ninety eight. One ninety eight ninety nine. You had to do one ninety nine every time. No, he's amateur his, hour. Yeah, he's that's the work of Nancy Marks. That's the work of Nancy Marks. That's not the work of my Georgie S at all. <laughs> he spent extravagantly and traveled to every fundraiser or event that would have him. He went to Mar-a-Lago. Is it Mar-a-Lago or Mar-a-Lago? Mar-a-Lago. 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 An important stop on any Long Island campaign route. <laughs> it also helped that he could claim the support of Donald Trump, despite not actually having the endorsement of Donald Trump yet. <laughs> so, she was so. going to get it, though. So it's yes, of course, it's another red flag that he's like saying all these things and spending all this money. But red flags in the Republican Party are nothing more than party colors, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the Republicans really don't care what the color of the flag is as long as it's not rainbow and the colors don't run. That's not to say that individuals didn't care. Some definitely spoke up. Some Republicans were like, hey, this is a problem. But the party machine didn't see a problem. One former advisor of Santos's, though, cared. He cared so much that he still remains anonymous today. He discovered Santos's connection to Harbor City and attempted to blow the whistle. But whistleblowing on an unlikely congressional candidate isn't like whistleblowing on a big company. The advisor couldn't find a newspaper willing to cover the story. Literally no one cared. Santos, I guess, wasn't a famous enough monster yet to warrant a story You would think these newspapers are just itching to get anything out there. But as the controversies begin to pile up, his campaign suggested hiring an outside company to do a vulnerability study. And it's pretty routine to dive into a candidate's personal life in an attempt to uncover any sensitive info that might be discovered by the opposition and weaponized during the campaign. Santos, being the sociopath that he is, quickly agreed And the Capital Research Group was hired. Oh, my God. Why? This is like (laughs) Charlie Ponzi being like, sure, look at the checkbooks. No, no, no problem. Uh, The key to George Santos is you have to believe your lies. And he believes them. So here we are. Of course, I want my Capital Research Group to come in and and research me. Go ahead. Do whatever you need to do. I'm good. I've been telling you guys the truth the whole time since five minutes ago. <laughs> Since I walked into this room, I this have room not told a lie. Come on, yet. But it, when I do, you know, you're the research group, not me. Yeah. And what if I'm testing you? Exactly. Exactly that. But as the research dragged on, it became apparent to Santos that they were probably going to find all of the skeletons <laughs> and possibly Kitara Havachi's gowns in his closet. He tried to cancel the research altogether, but it was too late. I wish we had the emails or texts that he was probably sending to these people. Please, hey, hey, can't cancel this. Don't stop it. I am immediately ordering you to stop. Stop Googling. Stop it. Stop searching. Everybody's background check is canceled. (laughs) So this group found a lot. All he was actually. okay. boom. Here's what happens. What? Another theory. Go. The reason we can't find information for that eight years is because he was able to delete that information before the research group came in. There you go. So that's what he was able to delete. And so then they found out like the college stuff. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm putting it all together. <laughs> I see where his head is at. So they obviously found out a lot. They discovered his college degrees were bullshit, as was his master's and his high school diploma. They found out about his involvement with Harbor City. They found his eviction records. They found a suspended Florida driver's license, which called into question whether he was even a legal resident of New York State. (laughs) But what they didn't find out was about his falsified work history, which goes to the fact that no one reads a fucking resume. They also didn't find out about the check fraud in Brazil. With the findings of this research, you would think that Santos's political career would end before it even began. But a miracle happens instead. In November of 2021, Tom Swasey, the Democratic incumbent in the 3rd District, announced he was leaving his seat to make a run for the governor. This was the first inkling that Santos may actually have a shot at winning. Mm -hmm. So two days after Swasey resigns, on December 1st, 2021, the campaign held 
an emergency meeting to give Santos the option of bowing out of the race gracefully or hold on tight and let the Democrats do their own research and Google you to fucking all ends and uncover everything that the vulnerability study did. Was he ready to risk destroying any political aspirations he may have? Santos predictably chose chaos. That's my he, boy. That's, that's the way to do it. He denied much of the findings and promised his team that he would prove it. I'll prove it. For one, he told them he would produce diplomas that were definitely real. He didn't. He managed to convince everyone, including himself, that the findings weren't that bad and went back to the race in full force. It would be without a lot of his team, however, as most of them quit following the revelations in the research. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's nice to see that in the Republican Party there are lines that some of them are like, man, I'm racist, but this is this lying shit. It's like, I'm okay with schools of kids being shut, but you can't lie like this. They were like, if he was straight, we'd be okay with these lies, but gay lies? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is where I draw the line. Well, Shout well, out like, to all the Republican listeners out there. We love you. We love you. We I look at Mitt here. Romney. Like Mitt Romney just bum rushed him at the, what was it, Joe Biden? Oh, He's yeah. Like, hey, man, you don't belong here. You get out of here. You're a disgrace, bro. You're a disgrace. Those that stayed, though, with Santos were forced to sign NDAs. But by that point, all the relevant Republicans knew how fucked up this guy was. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Santos also gets some help with the congressional district getting ungerrymandered for the Dems in the spring of 2022. The Democratic enclave of Huntington had been moved to the first district, which was left open after Republican Rep. Lee Zeldin left to run for governor. He also lost. These dudes have no idea how good they had it in Washington. Why do you try to run for governor? Why try hard? So this kind of makes the district primed for a Republican candidate. Now that the seat is flippable, the Republicans suddenly cared that Santos was a scumbag. None of this scumbaggery had moved the needle for them, but now that he might have a shot, they wanted to give the shot to someone else. The main House Republican Super PAC, the Congressional Leadership Fund, withheld its support for Santos. He's an outsider now, all of a sudden. They were obviously worried about all of this stuff in his past being exposed. Then, in the summer leading up to the election, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, DCCC, assembled an 87-page opposition report on Santos. They found the evictions. The fact that he had not registered his pet charity. I know, we're going to talk about the puppy charity next week. His Ponzi scheme involvement and all the financial discrepancies. Guys, this is insane. But it's like when you have no shame, you are Teflon. And this is what they call the Teflon Don. It's like it really makes a lot of sense. The 87 pages didn't find a way to fully destroy him. They didn't find out about his fake diplomas, his bullshit marriage, or question his residency. But what they did find probably would have been enough if his opponent, Robert Zimmerman, was smart enough to lean on it. He might have if he had enough money, of course, but his relatively tiny pot of gold was only enough for advertising and canvassing. Robert Zimmerman, uh, music fans may note that this is actually Bob Dylan's real name, but he changed it to sound less Jewish. I think that's kind of fucked up, isn't it? That we live in a world like that. It is. According to Zimmerman, they did try to get newspapers to follow up on leads and out Santos. But like Santos's previous whistleblower, he couldn't get anyone to publish the story. I just, like, how much do you need? Santos has an opponent who banks on people researching Bob Dylan to find out about him. Let's just say Santos was, felt very comfortable in this position. Interestingly enough, though, Zimmerman, also gay, and for the first time in our nation's history, two queer opponents were facing off in a congressional election. Knowing the race was now closer than anyone could have imagined a year ago, the DCCC threw $3 million into the race to help Zimmerman, while Republicans added nothing, nothing to Santos. Nothing. This man is getting no support. But you can't kill him. Just because you're starving him, you can't kill him. 
This is what I'm saying. He's going to get money anyway. Right. It's George Santos we're talking about. <laughs> he's put a, he's on unemployment. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> Save a quick break. And when we come back, we get to the fall of 2022 and the election of George Santos. Welcome back. On September 6th, he stops lying to just his team and lets them in. And But at the same time, he had to officially lie on a House personal financial disclosure report. He claimed assets of $11 million, quite a bit more than the $5,000 he claimed on this report two years prior. He had become a rich man. It was just a little raise. Just a little bit of a bump A little up. bump. What's wrong with that? Who amongst us hasn't gotten a raise? Is it a crime to get a raise? Is success illegal in exactly. America? It seems like they don't want us to have success. That's what it seems. Damn Dems. <laughs> in this House disclosure, he falsely certified that during the reporting period, he had earned $750,000 in salary from the Devolder Organization LLC, his vanity LLC. He had received between $1 million and $5 million in dividends from the Devolder Organization LLC. He had a checking account with deposits between $100,000 and $250,000. And then he had a savings account with deposits of between $1 million and $5 million. So these are like things that you fill out in the report. Here's the thing that I think people don't realize is that the government can go in and see what's in your bank account. They can They can see if they want to. They can go and subpoena the records. Where are you getting the money? Turns out he didn't receive this money from Devolder Organization LLC. The company had no assets, property, or clients. It seems that the company may have simply been a laundromat for his car skimming money and maybe his Ponzi scheme money and the dog fraud money. I don't know. Who knows? I know. Tease with the dog fraud. But he also failed to disclose that in 2021, he received roughly 28000 from Harbor City and more than 20000 in unemployment benefits from the New York State Department of Labor. Redstone's strategies around this time dissolves, but they already did their job. And Santos said to himself, don't worry, Kitara, there is still time to do a little more crime before the election. In October, he helped broker the sale of a yacht, what, between two of his wealthy donors, as you do when you are weeks out from a midterm election. <laughs> the negotiated payment was $12.25 million up front with $6.5 million more in installments. I mean, this isn't a crime yet. The FBI is investigating. But honestly, what if this is the only legitimate thing he's ever done? What if this is the real thing? What it's if this is fine? I feel like the fact that he even got to level up to the point where he's negotiating a yacht sale means everything is broken. Yeah, I agree. Like you, you fraud so much, you fraud yourself into legitimacy. Yeah, you're frauding backwards. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Anyways, with all that crime out of the way, election day came and went well or horribly wrong, depending on who you are and how much you care about the fate of humanity. But while no one is researching a guy who's probably going to lose, when Santos won the election by a whopping eight points, the national media finally threw his name into Google. They found a lot. And then they found more. And then it only took a month and a half for the New York Times to run an expose on our man. House Democrats Richie Torres and Dan Goldman filed an ethics complaint on January 10th with the House Ethics Committee. By the way, Dan Goldman has a great congressional stock portfolio, like I mentioned earlier. The next day, four Republican congressmen called for his resignation. Republicans. But the ones in charge, namely Kevin McCarthy and Elise Stefanik, stayed on his side, knowing how slim their majority was and how devastating it would be to their numbers to lose anyone, even Santos. But here's the, here's the fun part. Rumors of a Santos aide posing as Kevin McCarthy's chief of staff swirled and soon were verified. Samuel was paid nearly $100,000 across the 2020 and 2022 elections to fundraise and cosplay as a type A Republican chief of staff. This is incredible. Santos is a fraudster. 
He gets his employee, his, his person, to pose as Kevin McCarthy's chief of staff to help fundraise. What do you guys think? I mean, that's incredible. Just, I'm just here for the, the ride. I'm having a great time. I love everything that he's doing. He has found a way to slip and slide. And this is not even the last episode of this. Even just posing as Kevin McCarthy's chief of staff would alone be enough to end anyone's career. Just like no. that one piece of this whole picture. It's 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 the, the levels of the Republican Party just wanting to win is like what is now becomes like the shocking and, part of this. And he's like the Magic Johnson of fraud. He's making everyone better. He's dishing it off. He's like, you can, he's, you know, an assist. He's like, you can be a fraudster. You could be a fraudster. You could be yeah. a fraudster. He does uh, give me hope. You know, if you if you just keep on keeping on and you believe in yourself, you, too, can be a fraudster. Yeah, it's like the line. It's like the stakes of it, too. It's like telling someone to pose as the chief of staff of the future speaker of the house. That is not a small. <laughs> no, that's like that's like an insanely crazy thing to do. This is even crazier. Santos does an interview with a Brazilian journalist in January of this year, 2023, entitled, quote, an avalanche of fibs which is a great episode title that we will not steal, but we will maybe steal it for a future world tour. <laughs> there, Santos claimed there were 300 drag shows per day in New York City schools. <laughs> <laughs> that is unequivocally false. So many. <laughs> 300 a day. <laughs> per day? Per day. Drag math. Do the drag math. I'm doing drag math now. That would mean there are 54,000 drag shows per school year on a, like 180-day school year. Damn. Yeah. I've only been going to one a month. I didn't know well, there were so many at the schools in New York City. In 2021, a report actually came out that calculated the average to be closer to one every four days, which equates to roughly 45 drag shows per school year. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Interesting hmm. data point, Kitara. I wonder why my uh, son came home and he was like, Daddy, you better work. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> and he did a dip real quick. He was, dude, he's yeah. dancing. I was like, wow. And and he can't even speak yet, which is crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. He was throwing shade at me. <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> he said, um... He said, he said, Daddy, I like it when you dress up in your suit. You show realness. <laughs> <laughs> so in that same article, gets better. He said that 20,000 women in New York State have been able to access on-demand third trimester abortions. Woo! In reality. <laughs> Just ripping the ankle out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Stop. <laughs> in reality, third trimester abortions occur only when the patient's life or health is in danger. We know that. And that occurs 1% of the time. So I think there's roughly 100,000 abortions per year. I could be, I think I'm closer, somewhat close to that. So figure that number is actually close to 1,000. So he's off by, you know, a huge uh, factor of like, what, uh, 10 20. there? Yeah. <laughs> no, 100. Jesus. Yeah. Interesting data point again, Kitara. And now in January as well, his past starts to catch up with him. Brazilian prosecutors revived the check fraud case. Here we go. Good callback against Santos because now they knew where the asshole was. Mm. By the end of the month, he was forced to resign from the few committees to which he had been appointed. In March, the House Ethics Committee launched a formal investigation. Also in March, the prosecutors agreed to a plea bargain in the check fraud case in which Santos would formally plead guilty and reimburse the sales rep he had defrauded. Santos, he's against the ropes. He had learned a thing or two from his president, though. When things get hard, real men get harder with Viagra. On March 14th, Santos officially announces his run for re-election, throwing his hat into the ring for 2024. After all, he already started raising money for his next campaign and wasn't about to give it back. You know, earlier this year, we thought when he got into office, let's do George Santos. But let's wait for something big to drop. I started actually getting nervous. Is this all we would find? Just the stuff they were reading in the news? But then on May 9th, the indictment drops. And here we are. 
You were so nervous. We this is all we'll find. I, we found enough for two whole episodes so far. <laughs> and you so were much. nervous. <laughs> okay. I was like, what well, is this enough? You know, I don't Not know. my Georgie. Mm-mm. <laughs> It's a gift that keeps on giving. It really is. So in the indictment, we covered it here today. The wire fraud, all those falsifying of documents, those emails, the solicitations, the money laundering, the theft of public money from the unemployment insurance scam, and lying about it to the House. He could face a maximum of 20 years in prison. Another possibility is that he faces 20 years in the House of Representatives. So he could just get elected and reelected and reelected. Wow. And that's politics, baby. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we'll keep an eye out on what's happening next week, though. We couldn't let you go without mentioning some of the other frauds that feel like incredible side missions in a scammy version of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> so stay tuned for all of that. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Fraudsters. Please leave us a review and keep the conversation going on Twitter and Instagram at FraudstersLPN. Follow me and Ariel on Twitter at CenaNow and at Ariel Lieti. Follow Justin on Instagram at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. Check out the show notes to see the resources we use for this episode. Fraudsters is hosted by me, Cena Gaznavi, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Fraudsters is produced by Jordan Aconcia, written by Nick Turner, and edited by Ryan Connor. Noreen Malik is our production coordinator, Research was provided by Patrick Fisher. Legal research by Robert Rosigliano. Music by Grant Gordon. The executive producer is me, Sina Gassimi. This has been a production of Zero Cool and The Last Podcast Network. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.